0: Hey guys, and welcome to today's episode of Give It The Beans. Now, it's been a wee while since I've done one of these on my own. Um, for the past two or three weeks, I had uh, guests on um, Tom Maugh, or as all of you know him, TM Cycles, and then Cuba. Um, and those two episodes I recorded within the space of like two days. So it meant that I didn't need to record one on my own for a wee while. And I was alternating it sort of one guest one week, and then myself, but because I asked you guys who you wanted on, um, to then which all of you said, or a lot of people said, they wanted TM Cycles, um, and they want Cuba, and I thought, give the people what they want, <laughs> and um, maybe perhaps less of my uh, rambles, and um, if you want to listen to more of my rambles, um, just check out the weekly vlog that I do on YouTube, I did one for prep. And now I'm doing one for uh, an off-season and I have recently upgraded to um, a stand that I can have in my car. Um, Would we call it a stand or would we call it a phone holder? phone holder that I can have in my car um, and I'm going to invest in a selfie stick. So I'll be like a proper YouTube absolute wanker, you could say, walking about the street with a selfie stick. Now, the purpose of today's podcast is to chat to you a little bit about how you can program, or how you can design your program during the lockdown period with the equipment you've got. Now, of course, that is gonna be person dependent, but I can speak from generic terms and from thinking that the majority of people listening to this will more than likely have went out and bought themselves some equipment I know that I'm fortunate enough to have a bunch of clientele who the minute that this happened a lot of them already had kit right they already had daisy chains they had bands they had cuffs because I programmed that stuff in so then they just added to that they went out and got barbells and plates and whatnot, not um, and then there was a lot that didn't and with each passing week they had to sort of pick up little bits here and there here and there um, and then that, that announcement, um, when this podcast goes live, um, the, the announcement was just this past Sunday, but when this goes live, it'll be next week. Um, <clears throat> you know, that was the sort of nail in the coffin for many. Uh, and a few clients went and dropped, you know, about 500 quids worth. Um, not everyone gets fortunate enough to do that, but um, they went and did it. So personally, like, if you were to ask me how my business is, I'd say it's very, very good. I'm spending a lot of time working within the business, Simply because, you know, on top of check ins each day, I've been doing a couple of hours of programming, um, updating clients' plans because they've got a new kit, adjusting it, tweaking it. Um, and, you know, if you know me, you'll know that I'm always assessing things, right? And what I quickly done is when this all happened, I moved a lot of clients' programming over to just WhatsApp. I wanted to get it out, get it out quick in that first week so they all had it. Then thereafter, became the slow methodical um, process of putting that all on Excel and then saving it as PDFs and sending it over. But when I did it, I was kind of like, right, all my guys, I'm going to get doing push-pull legs. And I was like, right, but because they don't have a lot of kit, I'm going to get them to run push-pull legs off, push-pull legs off. um, But then every two weeks, I have two days off and then as time went on i realised that my clients actually had quite a lot of kit quite a lot of kit that they could go heavy with and ultimately 3 days on consecutively every other every week you know 3 days on one off the other it was too much from a recovery perspective so i put them all on whatsapp then i transferred that all over to excel then once i'd done all that i went that's bollocks I want to change all them to what we were doing in the gym. And if you know me, you'll know the system that I like to run in the gym, especially with guys, will be like a lower uh, an upper push pull off, lower, upper push, upper pull off. So I went and then adjusted everyone back to that. But again, as I was doing that, clients were getting more kit, so it was again updating it, um, and then the female side of things, I switched them all over to uh, simply upper, lower, off splits. And they just got had one upper day, one lower day. So had that, then transferred them on to um, again, Excel, PDF, then PDFs, or saving it its PDF and sent over. Because it looks a lot more clear-cut and professional that way. Um, and then thought, that's bollocks. Let's give them two different upper days, two different lower days. Um, so it's been manic. And re- really today is the first time I've not done a home program in uh, probably this whole lockdown. Um, you know, we're now entering week eight. Um, and it's been, you know, it's been class because even though it's been more time consuming and working within the business, it's made me better at program. Not that I was bad at it before, but it, like we never used to focus on tempo. Now there's a tempo for every single move. Uh, we never, I never really put in supersets. Um or triceps, but now I've had to with just some, like, trying to create a lot of metabolic stress for clients. Um, And I suppose that kind of leads me on to how to program um, with the current scenario situation you've got. Now, this will be dependent upon the goal. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to imagine that if you're a guy listening, you're probably wanting to build a better physique, and you maybe want to compete, or you want to do a photo shoot, but you just want to change your body and come over an elite version of yourself, right? It's exactly what we do as a brand. So I think that the push-pull leg split is a fine split if it, if you have the proper recovery. Because if you're really, really strong, you're going to have to have probably a day off around legs. And you might necessarily need an arm day. So let's say you, you did lower. Or you did lower than you had a day off. Then you did push, pull, off, arms, repeat. Right, that's that's a split over the course of um, really six, seven days that rather than, like And that's the thing, Like people think that a split has to follow um, a seven-day cycle. But the reason we do that usually is because... We usually like got stuff on at weekends, like I'll train usually a Saturday morning and I always like to have a Sunday off and I've done it religiously for as long as I can remember because I just like to to have that day with Ronan, just chill out. So I'm going to come from more of a life perspective. And if you're a male that isn't that strong and hasn't maxed out his potential, there's nothing wrong with you running upper-lower splits if you program it right. And that's the big thing. You have to program that right. Now, I'll, I don't have many guys on that. I don't have any at all, I don't think. But if you're just starting out, that would be a fine place to start. And you're probably thinking, but Vaughn, that frequency is quite high for lower. And it is. But then the, the stronger that you get, the more you can then adjust and spread that volume out across the week. So, what I've done with my guys is a lot of them have barbells, right? And we're using council bins as squat stands, or um, a couple of chairs and a Reebok bench is a barbell bench. And they make it an incline, chuck in a foam roller behind their scapula, kind of making it an incline. It's not ideal, but we're working out from home, so we've got to do that. Now, if we're going to consider lower body, do you have the equipment to be planning in two different lower body sessions across the week, or why not stick with just one, make it very specific to your lagging body parts, and just repeat that twice across the week. So let's say you train legs on a Monday, and then you might hit them again on a Thursday or Friday have the weekend off, you hit them again the next Monday. So then it's constantly in a routine. Now, for the most part, have a look in the mirror, have a look at what you perhaps deem is dominant and what's not, what's perhaps overpowering, what's not. 99% of people's quads are going to be bigger, or more dominant, more active than their hamstrings and glutes. Why? Why? Because we just simply, over the years, haven't really used our hamstrings and glutes. We've sat on them quite a lot. Um, in sport, when we're playing a sport, we're just focusing on, on like being quick. And we don't think about activating muscles or whatnot. So often what we'll tend to find is that we, we become sort of over, over-reliant on the knee extensors. Um, you know, I mean, look at footballers. How, mu- how, how much? Are, how, how many of them have hamstring problems? Because they're up on their toes all the time, right? Right. Um, And simply simply coming their injuries are from weak hammies. So, when it comes to designing a leg day, it'll all come from, exercise selection will come from what's lagging. I often find that putting something that is, you know, hitting the hammies, or in this case, in the scenario, hamstrings and glutes, is really beneficial. Now, you're probably thinking, but Vaughn, to hit the hammies, you've got to get them in the lengthened range, in the shortened range. But yeah, you can do that at different points across the workout itself, right? So if you have some daisy chains, some ankle cuffs, and some weight plates, you could easily start with a banded hamstring curl, weighted. Personally, I really like putting that move later on in the workout, um, simply because I'm I, what i found is working really well is putting in like a, a Bulgarian split squat or maybe perhaps a single leg hip hip thruster, get the glutes firing first. And then the second move, again, will be dependent upon... So I would see that as it is a loading movement, but it's maybe not one that we're going to be able to go absolute maximally because we're just on one leg. So let's, for example, say we've put in uh, a Bulgarian split squat, it's a barbell or dumbbell, in their first loading movement. And then to, again, bring up glutes and hammies, what we maybe put down for... The the second exercise might be like your barbell sort of hip thrusters or whatnot. The, again, depends on the equipment, you've got depends on the load. Then that's where I'd probably afterwards shove in like a quad base movement. Um, then again I'd go back to goats and hams. Again go quads. But in regards to total exercises across the workout are probably going to have anywhere between six and eight because some of the exercises might be a superset. Some of them you might be doing, you're thinking, right, let's get some metabolic work in there for posterior chain. Let's, like, in the legs, right? So let's put in reverse lunges, supersetted, or, like, you know, step weighted step-ups, supersetted with maybe banded hip thruster holds for a minute or sumo stance wall sits, weighted wall sits. Um, or if we're thinking, right, let's get um, let's get a quad sort of superset increasing metabolic stress. Then we could put in, for example, um, some heel elevated dumbbell or goblet squats, um, supersetted with leg extensions or um, something similar. And I'd probably put calves in there as well. And then, but on the end of that lower day, that's where I would probably tag in. Like whatever's lagging upper body, maybe it's occluded curls, maybe it's lateral raise or whatnot. And and that thought process is really that's how I would program for a female as well. Same thought process on what's lagging, what needs prioritized, what needs brought up, but then what equipment we've got, because there might be there might be a case of okay, we want to do the foam roller hack squat is a loading movement, but we don't really have a lot of weight. So, okay, can we pre-exhaust that with something like the the leg extension first and then go into it? Can we ex- exhaust it further by doing it occluded so we don't need a whole load of weight? So again, it's just t- taking like advantage of the tools that you've got and creating something that one will create a little bit of muscle damage, or a lot of muscle damage, and then where you can increase metabolic stress as well. Now, if we go back to the guys' upper day, um, I guess we should probably discuss your push and your pull first, right? So, your push session, that will come down to the exercise selection, will come down to what's lagging. Is it perhaps more the clavicular region of the pec, or is it perhaps the like lateral head on the delt? Usually the lat of head on the delt's not that strong, so I often opt to put that in first, you know, because a lot of people have some sort of dumbbell or some sort of bands that they can do, like a crucifix, cable, raise. But if it's more sort of, they're pretty jacked, um, and we want to focus on that clavicular region, that's when you could perhaps just go straight into an incline press, or you might want, to. some people like to... I'm I'm not going to call it an activation exercise, because it's still a little bit of a loading movement, it's just not going to get a lot of load is like a banded um, clavicular pec fly, so if you're watching on YouTube, you know, when you come up arms above the head. If you're not watching on YouTube, go on the YouTube uh, tutorial uh, I put on. it. There's one in the home exercise tutorials, but also there's one in the um, actual gym exercise tutorials as well um, of that specific move. So I'd often opt for one of those two in the first exercise, and then it comes down to your loading movements, right? I very rarely will put in any more than one Loading movement for the anterior delt because it gets hit on every single chest movement anyway. So let's say you start with like a 40 degree barbell press, 30 degree dumbbell incline press, then your barbell seated shoulder press or whatnot. Um, and then you kind of get into more your tricep loading movements, uh, you move close to your bench, your seated dip or whatnot. Um, and then your metabolic stuff, whether that be a combination of lateral head work for the delt and your pec fly. Um, and then your sort of tricep work near the end. Your pool day uh, for a lot of people, I, I always love to put in RDLs on a pool day to increase frequency ac- across hit, like the week four, hitting glutes and hamstrings. And you've got to think about whether you want to hit density or you want to hit width. The problem being is you want to hit width. Unless you have a lat pull down or a pull up bar, you're probably more likely not going to, it's not going to happen. So you might need to just understand that in this time period that you can more likely increase density because you're putting a lot of load through scapular retraction, but you're not necessarily getting the lat in its length and range, gripping it nice and wide and, and keeping it there as you as you pull down. You can do like banded unilateral pull downs with dumbbell pullovers, but again, that's going to be more towards the end of your pull day rather than at the start. Um, and then a pull day is where I'll often favour putting in rear, rear delt work, although it's a push movement, um, I just like hitting it when I'm doing a pull day. And then I suppose your full upper, your priority on that one is going to be what's lagging behind, is it more your posterior chain, your back, is, or is it the, you know, clavicular region of the pec, lateral head of the delt. You're often going to do a mixture of, of both, your, like what I've done with a lot of the upper days with the guys. It's literally been half their push and half their pull, because we went, we went from training six days across the week down to five. So we just want to keep frequency up. So we just took half from half from that one push day, half from that one pull day, and made it full upper. So that's our program for guys. Um, the girls, the lower, um, the lower thought process is the same. The difference is you girls can get away with training a bit more frequently, can't you? And. You will often want to bring your legs up a bit more. Let's face it, a physique men's physique guy isn't going to want to bring up his legs more than a bikini girl is, because his legs are covered, right? But for the most part, your bikini girls are your aspiring bikini girls, photo girls, and that's an that's a, an area that a lot of you become frustrated with, and will want brought up. So the lower body programming, again, the thought process is the same. But with all my girls, they've been running lower, upper, off, lower, upper, off, and try. I've been trying to give them two different leg days because what I like to do is put in RDLs on a upper body day, more so their upper body too. Because when they were in the gym with my females before, we would go lower, full upper, lower, off, upper, and then full body, and then off again. And that is a sort of system that I've run for a long time. I've found huge success with it, huge development with it for my females because frequency is high across the week, but ultimately loading sets um, on any given day are not too much. As we've said before, I've talked about this on a previous podcast, like total working sets for females' legs across the week could be anywhere between 22 to 26 sets, whereas guys might be anywhere between 14, um, which is very, very little, Um all the way up to 20, uh, but, for, but girls are going to have considerably more. I think that my current my current volume would be like, I think I've got seven sets, eight sets of my quads across the week, and gluten hamstrings have like 13 or something like that. So that's my, that's my current split. But for the girls, two days on, one day off, two days on, one day off, and that can work out really, really well even when the gyms are open. It can work out very, very well. Um, For their upper body, let's take into consideration the fact that does a bikini girl want to bring up her pecs? The answer is more than likely no. However, there's maybe some figure girls here thinking, well, I actually do need to bring up my chest, and it would help to kind of know how you program for that. So, to address the first point, the bikini girls will get limited chest work. In their two upper body days, they'll get one chest movement, whereas figure girls might get a chest movement in either upper body day, or they might get two, two in one day and then one in another. Again, depends on the on the person. So, the lateral deltoid in females, along with the glutes, are two areas that often recover very very quickly, and need a lot of volume across the week to respond. So, I'll often start, I'll end a lower day with some lateral help dealt work, and I'll always start an upper day with that. Variations, of course, but for right now, lap, dumbbell lateral raise is your best, mate, if you can't progress that, because you can't progress a banded, a banded crucifix cable lateral raise. Maybe you can progress it in reps, but ultimately, load is the main driver of hypertrophy, right? So, if you want to grow right now and create an, an adaptation, then... Starting with the dumbbells would be where I'd go. And then I would tend to have two, two shoulder press loading movements is what I found works very, very well. Again, it might be that they go two, two shoulders, one chest. It might go shoulder, chest, shoulder. And, and that would really be it for delts apart from a metabolic set, something that was high rep. Maybe go back to lateral raises, maybe from a different angle. Um, And you do sort of drop sets or whatnot. And then you kind of go on to back movements, where you could, again, depends on the equipment they've got, on whether you focus on density or width. Now, bikini girls do need to be dense or wide. Well, not necessarily. You'd probably more than argue, well, if they're a little bit wider, then they could perhaps look like they have a smaller waist. But again, it's not about that. Um, Figure girls are going to need a bit of both. Certainly going to need to be wide to have that, you know, as the name says figure, and then a little bit of arm work to finish off. So those sort of total exercises on the upper day might be a little bit more, they might be more towards the 8 to 10 exercises, whereas some some in there might be supersets. Let's face it, are you going to put biceps in there for a bikini girl? No, probably not. Are you maybe going to put a little bit of triceps in? Yeah, maybe, maybe one, one exercise for the figure girls. Yeah, I mean, figure girls for me. They're probably gonna tag on biceps towards the end of a workout simply because when you think about some of their poses, like their their front double bicep, for example, where they're like almost trying to hold a crown on their head. If you watch on YouTube, you'll see me try and do that. Um, yeah, it's it's a, it's a strong shot if they've got a pair of guns, and if they don't, then it's really really noticeable. So, that's how I've been programming for females. However, there are some females and some males that have either like almost a full gym at home, or maybe they've got access to a lockup somewhere, a key that has got a lot of kit in it. And in that instance, it just goes back to to programming for five days rather than... sorry man i'm tired today that's the third time i've yawned and i had to actually let that one go the other two i've been trying to secretly hide if you're watching youtube um but yeah so if they've got access to a a, a gym or a lockup or something then it just goes resorts back to the five training days um or like i've said to some of them i'm like look let's keep running upper lower splits let's see how you get on let's see how you can recover from that because the way I worked out, I was like, right, I was doing two full lower days and a half day. So effectively, they were hitting legs five times in a week. Whereas I thought, right, if I'm running upper-lower splits, I'm doing two different upper days, two different lower days, they'd effectively train in. four times in six days. That's eight times in 12 days. And then if they did a 13th and 14th one, um. that would be... Thirteen times in four days. Sorry. Scratch that. So we said they're training four times in six days. They'll train eight times in 12 days. They'll train ten times in 14 days. Right? So they're still training just as much. The days off are just different. However, because they're going upper, lower, off, or lower upper off, effectively they're training their legs two, four, five times, which is the same as you had before, because you had two and a half full days. However, you'll remember back and, and understand that I program RDLs in on upper two, or equivalent, something like that. So actually, we're getting more frequency across the week by running upper-lower splits. As I've said before, if the female is very, very strong, then it's more likely that that's not going to work, the upper-lower splits, you're going to have to run something that is kind of like a push-pull variation, Um, maybe perhaps on their their pull, it's pulling hamstrings, um, or something like that, depends on the person, right? Because that's where programming can get fairly individual. And it should always be, but the, I mean, this this episode here is to give you a generic understanding of how you can program, why you program in a certain manner, what you could prioritize, especially with the lack of equipment you've got now. You're gonna to have to get creative at home. So you're probably thinking about well, Vaughn. How can, how can someone barbell squat, at home? Like I saw you. you know, if you put up some Instagram, so you'll see that I program it in. And I'm always like. Just use your council bins right if you if you're small enough to get underneath them then, then then do that or if you can buy squat stands that would be ideal um, but again they might cost you 150 200 250 pound but what you need to see it as is you need to see it as an investment you've probably had to cancel your summer holiday right? You probably have had to cancel many nights out that were planned, or you can't go on those nights out. You're not going out for your meal once a week, your date night, out and meal out. Um, the, you know, you probably used to buy coffee every day. You've been able to save way more than £1,000. So you can go out and you can buy some decent equipment, and you can add to that equipment over time, because gyms will not be open for a wee while. Believe me, it fucking sucks. sucks. If you think that I don't think it sucks as much as you do, you'll you will you you be, I you know you're in a different world. But um, we must persevere. So if you think about your own mental health, there's nothing better sometimes than just ripping something heavy, you know, some heavy weight off the floor, or just drop it, slowly lowering yourself towards the floor with it and standing back up. So you might need if you've got a barbell and weight plates and that's all you've got to get yourself some squat stands or the equivalent. If not. If you can't get that, one of my clients in Ireland, superb, actually got in touch with a carpenter. And the carpenter made her a squat stand out of wood. I thought that was amazing. Absolutely amazing. And She sent me photos of it and it just looks, it looks class. Um, So if you can get yourself some equipment, that would be class. And again, we talked about creativity. Okay, rather than say, okay, you need to go buy yourself a bench as well. Right, what have you got in your house that you can make a makeshift bench from? Can you use two chairs as a sort of stand? And then you maybe you have a Reebok bench, a coffee table, or such like. Pop the pop the barbell up on that and you have a makeshift bench with your coffee table or your Reebok step um, and then the where the chairs are holding it somewhat in place. Just watch that it doesn't roll off and come back down and hit you in the face. So my client this morning sent me a video of her doing exactly that. Um, But what she'd done is, at the very end of the chair, she'd put two towels that were rolled up so that if when she racked it and it rolled forward, the towels would stop it coming down and hitting her as she's sitting there resting, just a way to get out from doing her set. Now incorporated in all of that you know if you're running sort of two days on one day off or you're running push pull legs or you're on a five day split with the availability now to go outside more than uh you used to be able to there's no excuses for not getting your steps in or not getting cardio in right it was a fucking ball ache to be able to um to, or to suggest clients get ten thousand steps in when we were locked down and could only exercise once and those of you here in Scotland, um, there's definitely different rules that they're saying now for us versus down in England, but if you're down in England and you listen to this, I'm sure you're able to go out as uh, frequently as you can uh, and get as many steps as you want across the day. So making sure that you're consistent with your steps would be the number one thing I would do, but also make sure that if you are going out for cardio, um, just make sure that it doesn't impact your recovery needs. So uh, a lot of people have been running in this time period when you weren't running before. So you gotta think of right, what toll is that taking on the joints, for example, the knees, and then you know, at the same time if you're you're trying to progress lifts so you're doing perhaps a barbell squat and you don't usually do a barbell squat and um, because you're limited with the equipment, you know, just the toll that's maybe perhaps taken on the knees. So you always need to come back to when you're programming, is it is it is it if you able to recover enough from what you're doing? If not, it has to change. Um cardio subject wise, I would suggest like a spin bike or something or another would be more ideal because it's less, in, it's less of impact on the body. Um, and that's how I'd go about it. So if you are unsure of how to program during the lockdown, and I think that you can take a lot of those principles and you can put them into when the gyms are open. In fact, I actually did a whole podcast on how I program for my clients, um, which is episodes god I do not even know I need to go back and look but it's in there and if you listen to that one this one, and this one you'll see you'll probably hear a lot of crossover um, so I hope that helps guys if you did enjoy this podcast what I'd ask is that you do just share it with um, you know your followers on Instagram or such like uh, tag me in it and the more that I, the more people that I could reach the more I could help and we are all in this together. And if we all stick together, we'll come out the other side stronger. So, you know, there's no payment for this podcast, of course. But the one thing I always say is that if you can, screen grab it, put it on your Instagram story, tag me in it. I'll retag you back. And if you have any questions, you want to hear me talk about an episode, a certain subject, you want to hear me get a guest on, just message me and say, if you know, if you'd liked an episode... Let me know if you hated it, let me know. Say, hey Vaughn, that was born as shit, or hey Vaughn, that was really good. Um, I would, I would love to hear from you. So, wherever you are, whatever you do, give it the beans.